Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, imposter syndrome. Our thanks to Filament Creative and its UX Design Masterclass for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, listener Ricardo mentioned the uh, the shower dingoes stickers. That got some ideas flown. Maybe stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Maybe maybe it should be an Easter egg, and like we don't mention it on the sticker page, but then but then if you uh, buy the stickers, maybe one of them is gonna be a shower dingus. <gasps> like a like a golden ticket situation. Kind of. And then people Spoiler have to alert. buy a lot of stickers to try to get the one. Uh-huh. You thought you got rid of the shower nigga saga. <laughs> Turns it's out. It's back. <laughs> it's back. Shower dingus 2. The return of the dingus. <laughs> the return of the shower dingus. <laughs> you thought you could hide. You thought you could run. The shower dingus is back. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yes. All right. So if you can't tell, we're recording a bit later than usual. And Rafa and I, I don't think we'll, we'll make it to the end of the show. Um, no. Not very confident that we will. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. So, Rafa, I have hmm. a question for you. Wait, I'll do this live this time. I don't remember, actually. This week, Kevin's... Ah, shit. This week, Kevin's got a question for Rafa. Nice. Boom. I <laughs> uh, love that. Um, so, okay. what's up? Um... So I've been reading the news lately. <laughs> oh no! Kind of Why would you do that? <laughs> well, you gotta. <laughs> when you're off social media, you gotta do something. <laughs> oh, spoiler! No, just kidding. Like I, by reading the news, I meant that op- I opened up the news app on my phone two times during the week. Um. So, but one of the articles that I stumbled upon uh, was an interesting one. So. I thought I would um, kind of tell you about it and then ask you kind of the main question of the article. So, um, basically, this is an article um, talking about Europe and some of the legal stuff that they're looking into. Um, So, I'm going to, like, just scratch the surface here, right? Because it's just a premise for the question. But um, So, there is a debate right now in Europe whether or not robots should have their own rights. Ugh, Europeans. Basically, uh, the European Parliament uh, suggested that um, advanced robots could be granted electronic personalities, um, and that status could give the robots access to certain kinds of insurance, um, usually reserved like for people, uh, and allow robots to be held liable 
if they damage property or go rogue or something like that. So the robot would be like its own entity. Um, so what do you think about that? Should we give robots their own rights? Should they be treated as their own person? I missed the, why did you buy an iPad, Rafa? Questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was last week. Oh, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I missed those easy questions. <laughs> Man, this is so hard. <sighs> well, the right answer is, I don't know. But we can, I mean, we can debate. Fail. We can talk about it. <laughs> that, is, that is not an acceptable answer. Um, this is so tricky. I think that at the beginning we shouldn't because that's like a recipe for disaster like i mean we as humans are freaked out and scared and you know completely totally afraid that uh robots are gonna overtake you know they're gonna over overtake the world and and kill all humans i mean the matrix right mm -hmm. so we've been science fiction has been warning us <laughs> about this like apocalyptic you know scenario and where robots rule the world and humans are all going to die because the robots can be better than us in pretty much every way, right? <laughs> um, so we, as as fragile little meat bags, we don't want to give rights to robots. We want to regulate them a lot and make sure that they can't possibly hurt humans and have power and control. That's one way we should do it like because we are afraid but i would also argue that eventually that's like a game that we will not win if we're going to try to like oppress robots so that they can't have control it's just a matter of time until they will eventually find a way find a <laughs> loophole find something i mean there's a lot of movies that you know this is the plot um so i don't think we will be able to control and like suppress robots they will eventually take over and so what i think is like our survival uh like the the way we can survive in all this is to become robots ourselves <laughs> Whoa! so you're taking this in an unexpected direction <laughs> i boom. really didn't think about this you're welcome uh <laughs> <laughs> you know like like we talked about this but like creating a digital backup of your conscience or, you know, uploading your mind to a robot body or whatever, whatever that may be. But I think that is like the only way that I can see humanity surviving. It's not the robot, you know, wars, but like surviving the progress, the imminent progress. And we see it already like, oh, the robots are taking our jobs. Not really. They're taking some jobs for creating others. But like humans tend to become more and more lazy and we don't want to do stuff. And so robots eventually, you know, will do everything, <laughs> be everywhere. Um, so ah, the question, what was the question again? If they should have rights. Yeah, basically say, like should, should yes. robots be their own legal entity? That is so weird because if they're programmed right, they don't need, like we don't need, for example, law, right? We don't need a court it's in their program they're going to do something because they were programmed to we just have to re regulate like what can we program or not and then if that's the case then it's not the robot's fault is the programmer's fault well, right? I, so okay so this is exactly 
the gist of the question. So it's should say a robot does something terrible, right? Robot mm. kills somebody. <laughs> okay, let's not beat around the bush. The the robot just kills somebody. Um, who's responsible for that? Is the programmer who programmed the robot responsible, or is the robot responsible? It's the programmer. It's the instruction set. It's all right. Like a robot right. doesn't okay. make decisions. So, okay, so but that but that's the thing, right? Like so. I agree with you. Like right now, it seems like well, uh, someone has to be responsible, and <laughs> that person is going to be the person who created the the thing. Uh, but as these robots become more and more complicated and more powered by AI, humans don't understand how these things work. It's like I don't know. We like the robot learned on its own. Like we trained it against some sort of data set, but. Somehow, it, like the robot makes its own decisions, and we have, we don't really have that much control over it. So, then no, is the robot I don't think that's responsible? Like that, that Uber self-driving car killed someone. No one is blaming the car. <laughs> no, it's not a robot. Kill the though. car. Well, robot why not? Then not. why? It's, what is a robot? Yeah. <laughs> If a car that has AI that is self-driving, self-sufficient in a way, navigational way, <laughs> like, it's a robot, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a mach- hey. uh, machine. It still feels like a smart machine. But the oh, robot, I think the robot does stuff on its own. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's let's avoid that because we'll be here all night. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so just to get your final answer, hmm. should robots have rights or not? No, I think we ju- we should just like regulate the instruction set, the programming, what is allowed or not. Like, let's take the the murdering. It's, it's an easy and obvious one. Like, it's not allowed to allow a machine to murder someone i didn't say kill to murder someone <laughs> and if a robot does then whoever programmed that like the creator of the software is responsible okay again the the self-driving car killed someone it's not the car that's responsible the car doesn't have rights or should go to court or whatever appeal is uber the company that is responsible <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I do think you're right. Um, we're we're still at a stage where um, robots seem primitive enough that, in my opinion, like the only impact that you can have is is by holding the people who make them accountable. Because if you don't, then what's to say this company or person or programmer is not going to do this again and again and again? Um, so yeah, I think you sort of have to to take those people accountable, uh, with a caveat that I think in the future, like think long term future where robots actually think their own thoughts, um, then it blurs that line a lot more because it's not necessarily a person who's programming something directly in, um, and I feel like our role will be much smaller into the creation of these robots um mm-hmm. that it might be hard 
for us to regulate or to go after people um, who are involved in their creation. But anyways. <laughs> Man, these uh, easy questions, right? Yeah. It just yeah, just to just to warm up for the show. Yep. Uh, the other day, I was arguing with like with my girlfriend about like, religion in not real religion, but like you know, um, like the super supernatural, you know, spirits and stuff, energies and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like arguing like the like why I don't think that's real. Like, there's no room in logic and physics and rules for that like there's that's never the explanation like usually the simplest most obvious explanation is the one that is right um anyway i was like it was a big debate and then it the conversation shifted to more of a like simulation the the theory that we're living in a simulation Mm. and and pretty much like i convinced myself that all of this supernatural whatever whatever like even religion and stuff could be in a way like justified if we're in a simulation right like like (laughs) there's no god i don't believe there's a god but if a human being starts a simulation and like changes some stuff in the code midway through like isn't that the role of a god it's it's so so my thinking around the simulation (laughs) stuff is it doesn't matter i don't think it, it i don't think it matters at all unlike the, truth the matters, regulation Kevin. around robots like i think that's something that's very important that we should think about but um are we in a simulation who cares unless you genuinely think that we are in a simulation and that you have a way to get out then i don't want to hear it <laughs> basically hey, you can't get out if you're in a simulation because you are software program running anyway jesus um well Well, i would say that it matters in a way that like for me if there's a god or not it kind of it's not something that i'm actively thinking about every day but kind of matters like i think like the truth of the world (laughs) like the the universe it's an interesting topic that we will never i guess it's interesting in the abstract but I, i really have a hard time kind of putting some serious thought about it because I just feel like it, it's not going to change anything. I can see your like, point. Like how the, the earth came to be. Like, I don't know. What do you mean like, it's not going to change anything? You know what anything? I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, that, sure. Like there are some explanations that seem, seem to me like they make more sense uh, than others. But um, it's like, truth is, I have no way to prove it like any other way any way so what's the point of having those debates i i don't think this i don't think you should think that way like in the old days it's like hey shit dude it's it's just c like but what is out there who cares we're never gonna like swim that that far (laughs) like it doesn't matter just live here like what do you mean going to space like don't think about going to it's not like we can like so it's it's that curiosity. No, that, that is different. That is different. I don't think it is. Like oh, physics and stuff. Like why did my why did this apple fall into my head? Like it doesn't matter. Like it, why it's not going to change stuff. It turns out it does. It did. Um, so figuring out the truth and why picking the example of a simulation, like that could be huge in the way we see the universe. Like maybe like rules. Like the laws of physics and stuff will make more sense or 
or change completely how we think about the world and then that will you know open windows to new explorations and new revelations and new whatever that's how we evolve like our intellect shared intellect of our species right because we always keep asking that's why we you know got out of the forest uh, <laughs> or the jungle or whatever <laughs> where we were um because we were curious and we wanted more and wanted to know more and wanted to do more so i don't think we should like just say I don't want to think about that because it doesn't matter. Yeah, but for me, it's like it goes into the conspiracy theory kind of thing because the only way that we're all in a simulation is is that we're here against our will, basically. So, so for me, it's not like it's not even like an explanation of a thing we see. It's it's just like okay, like. If there's a simulation, then someone created it, and like someone's running it. So am I just like, I don't know. It's uh, to me, it's just like it, yeah, I run around like in circles. The big philosophical questions of our times, right? <laughs> and and the thing like we're all here against our will. We are all here against our will. No one <laughs> decided <laughs> to be born. You know what I mean? Like this is life. It, it gets thrown at you. You. You live it, you do whatever, you go through it, try to make the most out of it. Uh, and if you're curious about like the bigger truth and how this whole shit mm. works. So like the more, the best argument for it that I've heard is pretty much Elon Musk's argument of like, well, if we think that oh. we could have, we can possibly create technology to make that happen, mm -hmm. then of course we're going to do it basically like that the humans aren't good at not doing a thing and i completely agree with that like we don't think that we don't never stop to think should we be doing this it's like no no no. if we can we're gonna try it um so using that logic if we think that it's possible to create something like that then there's a real possibility that it might have uh, happened already um so that's maybe the more, most convincing argument, but then how are you going to prove that? Yeah, but just just to be just to be clear, I wasn't like arguing for that theory. I don't I don't really know what I think about it to be honest. Still, <laughs> um, I was just arguing for like these bigger questions of like you know humanity in general and the the universe, not humanity because that's just so self centered. I don't care about humans. Like, we're, we're the world, the universe is so much bigger than us. Uh, but, you know, like, reality, I guess. Um, so, anyway. Man. <laughs> it's like, have you ever um, thought about, wait a minute, what if the blue that I see is not the same blue that you see? Yeah. And, hey, like, newsflash, whoa. it's not the same blue that dogs see. So, the world is not Aren't really... Aren't dogs supposed to see in black and white? Not necessarily, but it's like shades. But yeah, because we have you know shades rods and cones gray. in the eye. We have uh, three rods and cones. You know that thing? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, dogs. <laughs> I think only have two cones. Whatever. Jesus. <laughs> but you know, uh, like we have a spectrum of things that we can see. But about animals, that see you know ultraviolet and infrared. Like for them, the world, the reality is different. Mm -hmm. There's more. Or there's different 
things. All right, we should probably talk about <laughs> the stuff that we know about. Hey, we talked about collars, so design. <laughs> you know, still on topic. <laughs> Is this what people tune in for? <laughs> yes. Cool. Awesome. All right. Our sponsor this week is User Experience Design Masterclass by Filament Creative. And let me tell you, this isn't just another design course. It's a course that is going to help you engage customers through meaningful conversations, uh, design based on your users' motivations. Uh, it's going to help you uh, collaborating effectively with stakeholders and clients to create impactful end results. Um, you'll never go through this awful process where you have to like design three concepts um it's a 30 part learn at your own pace online course in user experience design um it's great for students uh to learn about people and their motivations um learn about the impact of design decisions um learn how to execute design based on uh your knowledge and uh figure out the secret to keeping clients engaged throughout your whole process. Um, you can also get feedback on assignments and engage with other designers uh, around the world uh, in their Slack community that are also taking the course. So it's a kind of a great way to kind of have that support network for you um, if you're kind of in a situation where you might not know other people or it might be hard to, um, to reach out to like professionals. Well, this is a great place to do that because all these people are learning all these people are here to give you feedback and they want to help you. So if you're interested, what do you do? Well, it's simple. Um, you go to spec.fm slash UXDMC. Uh, and when you're there, you can use the code spec15 and that will give you 15% off the user experience design masterclass. So our thanks to user experience design masterclass by Flemon Creative. Um, and our thanks to them for sponsoring the show. All right. So our main topic for this week um, is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Um, and I have talked about um, with many people at work, um, had many conversations about it. Um, so I thought, hey, like we've never talked about, about this topic on the show. So why don't we do it? And that topic is imposter syndrome. Uh, imposter syndrome is a thing that <laughs> I think many of us have felt and or still feel today. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you, but for me, like I, I, I still feel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think maybe like one of the things we could start, start off with is like trying to define what is imposter syndrome exactly? Like what kind of falls under imposter syndrome? Um, why it happens and well, maybe like some of our strategies for kind of getting over it. Uh, that's surprisingly hard. Um, if I had to define imposter syndrome, uh, I would say maybe that it's a feeling, recurring feeling usually, um, that you you know, as the name implies, you feel like an imposter, meaning you you are not worth um, whatever you are. So in your career, usually we talk about this in our career. So we're designers and we're product designers. Uh, and uh, imposter syndrome is this feeling in where I feel like, oh my God, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
I am not worth of even being called a designer because everyone else out there, they are real designers, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I am a fraud. And it scares the crap out of me that other people will find out that I am a fraud. That I'm just like being lucky and I got my way through it. Um, yeah, for, for me, the way I define it is like kind of a fear that like no matter how well you do, someone will discover that you're faking it. Hmm. That like you're like despite all your efforts, like people will like find me out. And like it's it's kind of this self-doubt. Um, and like you're sort of creating all these reasons in your head for why it might be true, but that's just like your your inner critic that that's speaking. And and I found that if you ask other people around you, um, they'll tell you you're crazy. Like, <laughs> no, like there's there's no basis here. Um, and so yeah, that's kind of how I would define it. Um. Do you think feeling shitty about your work, like feeling that that whatever you've been producing, you've been doing, uh, it's like not good at all. Um, do you think that would fit in this imposter syndrome thing umbrella? I know it's a little bit different. Sometimes, like it makes me feel very similar feelings. Yeah, I think so. Um, there, like, I, I think it depends on what the reason for that is. Um, in certain cases, it's just like, it's not where I want it to be and I just need to work on it and it's fine. But if it, mm. if it's like, it, if it comes with a feeling of, therefore, maybe I'm not good at this thing and maybe I shouldn't be doing this because i'm no good at it and i'll never be good as good as everyone else then yeah like definitely imposter syndrome <laughs> okay um and i think and i think it doesn't matter who you are or what you do or what level you are um i've personally experienced this at many stages of my career like when i was just starting out like definitely happened then um when i joined shopify um i that's actually kind of funny because i started at shopify as an intern um and uh for the first few weeks like i really felt like that imposter syndrome um and what i was thinking like during these few weeks was i'm definitely gonna get fired like i that i'm they're definitely not like one day they're they're gonna realize um <laughs> that i'm i'm not as good as everyone else um and the like weirdly enough the thing that kind of got me through it a little bit uh, or the thing that got me to accept it a bit more and and like don't get me wrong like it's it's completely it sounds crazy but <laughs> it was the thought for me that well i'm doing an internship internships end <laughs> this way they have an easy way to get rid of me if they don't want me <laughs> um and so yeah that was my, my thought for the first few weeks um which is kind of insane but it was just the one of the first times that I was in this environment 
with so many talented people on like so many different levels. And I felt like everyone was so productive, like so good at what they did that there was no way I could compete with that. I think as I, as I grow older and get more experience in the field, in my career, I think imposter syndrome is getting worse. Hmm. And I've been thinking since we, we decided to talk about this, like, I think it all boils down to the fact that in early, like early days when I'm just starting out about in design programming, especially programming, Jesus, because I didn't have a degree or whatever. Um, like in all these fields, I felt like a fraud, like I'm not good. <laughs> I am actually like really bad compared to every single other person in the world. And uh, they will find out, they will call me out. But part of me, like part of me knew that I was just starting out. So if there's a place in time to suck, right. is at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. everyone... So it's acceptable. So Yeah. And now, as I'm like more experienced and have more years in the field, and I, I feel like I have more to lose. Hmm. So if quote unquote people will find you know find me out and and <laughs> and and see the fraud that I am, I have more to lose. They have like it's bigger shame. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because like, hey, before you could suck because you were just a newbie. <laughs> now you know like you're a senior designer or like you're a lead or whatever now if they will find you out it's way worse what are you doing yeah that makes that makes total sense i think you're right like for me it all like the worst moments when it happened were in moments where i did feel like i had some like quote unquote something to lose um like for example when i gave my first real talk at a conference my god that he felt that imposter yeah. syndrome of like just like really thinking why why did you do this like who do you think you are to think that you can go in front of all these people and yeah. tell them something and and like teach them something or entertain them or like share your experiences like you have a feeling like i have no right to do that um and I was like, I was at a stage in my <laughs> in my career where I've like We're at a stage been a designer at Shopify for a long time, like had accomplished a bunch of stuff, but it like it felt like I it still like I needed to be good, but I didn't know if I would be, and it just like was really tough. Like I that that conference was just like the most stressful moment. I think probably of my entire life Um, or it was just like for the days before the event, like I just couldn't do anything. I was just like in the hotel room. Like I remember like, like, like sitting down, like in the shower and just like, no, I'd be able to function basically as a human being. Um, So yeah, (laughs) those are things that imposter syndrome can do to you. Um, But to a much smaller extent, like I've also, kind of felt that when we started the podcast um where i think you and i sort of had a bit of an audience you know like through twitter through some of the stuff that we've done um and both of us like we're very new to podcasting like both of us really loved it and everything and we 
put out the first episode and for me like every time i would see comments it would like really affect me like positively or negatively um because i felt that imposter syndrome of like i like i'm not like i'm not a podcaster like what right do i have to tell people like that they should listen to my podcast like i so i know nothing about this like i'm not good i like just listen to other people's podcasts um so for the i feel like for the first week you were like reading comments oh yeah uh just you were waiting for someone to call you out saying hey you're not a podcaster you don't know what you're doing you stop it like because that's what i was thinking yeah to confirm your fears yeah so when people chime in and say, you know, hey, you know, good job, I liked, I enjoyed the episode, whatever, you're like, okay, okay, but uh, like, that's what fine, about but, that yeah. person that will, you know, <laughs> figure me all out and call me out? Yeah. Uh, thank God that didn't happen. Um, well, uh, it did happen. <laughs> we got to, yeah, you get over I'll, it. I'll, <laughs> yeah, and, but but this is why. But this is why, like that kind of negative feedback hurts you like any any feedback or comment that you get from other people that like really hits you is always because it's touching something that you think of yourself because if someone fears your deep yeah because if someone tells you something that like completely doesn't apply to you you're kind of like well (laughs) i I don't know what to tell you like (laughs) you're just wrong like i I don't know. That doesn't fit me at all. Um, but when someone tells you something that like really hits that like that nerve, um, that's when it can have like a negative impact. So, all right. So, so I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. We, we all to some extent uh, suffer from imposter syndrome every now and then. Um, I know me and you most definitely do. Um, does it actually? impact your work when it when it hits you when it like does it have any real impact in the quote-unquote real world in your work like does it have any actual outcome or is just all in your head and you know doesn't come out if that makes sense hmm yeah that's that's an interesting question i think it certainly does come out in your work um like because it impacts your confidence and Mm -hmm. impacting your confidence will have just have ripple effects on so many things in your life um so i i think like while it might not like it's not going to change your abilities right as a designer but it might affect how you present your work and it might affect um like how much you put yourself out there like you might um like prevent yourself from like speaking up in meetings or uh Mm. like try to not draw too much attention to you or not want to volunteer for a certain opportunity and that has a real impact on the stuff that you do um but it's it's not something that that like kind of changes your your abilities like you're not a quote-unquote worst designer like it's it's in your head right Mm -hmm. like it it just changes the way that you act with the world but doesn't change you yeah no it's kind of how i see it yeah does that make sense i can see that yeah you're just like down you're a bad mood you're just you know we all have 
these weeks, bad weeks. <laughs> and I, I do think that it impacts a little bit of your work just because you're not on your A game. Um, so maybe, yes, indirectly, just it affects your mood and your well-being. So indirectly, it affects your work, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, one's, no one ever told me, hey, <laughs> these mock-ups are pretty bad. Are you suffering from it? <laughs> 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 Never happened. No, but, um, but I, like, I did kind of see it in, um, like, sometimes... I used to do this more and hopefully I don't anymore, <laughs> but, um, you know, like that being like really defensive when you're receiving feedback and like feeling like you need to justify everything that like, it's like someone tells you something and I'm like, yes, but like, what about Y and Z and like, but this reason and like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I felt like I was trying to find like so many reasons because mm -hmm. I desperately wanted to hide and not not reveal that hey maybe i just didn't think about this very much <laughs> and you have a really good point um so in that sense i think it probably made it harder for people to work with me <laughs> uh the beginning of my career because of it that's very interesting uh, all right so <laughs> i just i just uh, before i said that imposter syndrome now as you progress and as you get more experience it gets worse hits you harder because there's more to lose and stuff but i would say like when it hits me it hits me way harder but it hits me less because <laughs> i am just i am so aware that imposter syndrome is a thing that i can a lot of times like like diagnose it myself when it's still early <laughs> so i can like you know contain it in a way just because i know like oh no no that's what what that thought that just came in that's totally imposter syndrome so dismiss it it's all right so i've been i've been better at just like deflecting these imposter syndrome waves and but again but when it does hit you when it when it goes through the firewall um <laughs> then it hits you very hard but do you, do you feel the same way yeah like, are I, you more I aware being aware of of it as a thing is the number one way to um i say reduce its effects on you just like recognizing that this is a thing that happens is like you're already so much like further than a ton of other people um because at least when it happens to me i i mean like like you i can put my finger on it and and say okay is this is this true or is this your imposter syndrome talking? And also, now that I've spoken to so many people about it, um, I know that others are feeling the same too. Um, mm -hmm. So you kind of realize, okay, this is, I'm not, maybe not feeling great, um, but everyone else also feels that way. So, hey, I might not be that bad after all, <laughs> kind of thing um yeah no that helps when you know for a fact that like your heroes like the legends that untouchable yeah you know idea in your head of, of a person uh when you know that they also go through this that like normalizes it and you're like oh okay Absolutely. so we're all in the same playing field so it's okay i'm not worse or better or whatever yeah 
So number one is like, to me, is like, talk about it, think about it, recognize it as a thing. Um, number two, I'd say, try to avoid comparing yourself with others. Because um, <laughs> that's, I mean, obviously, like everyone on social media, that's all we do is compare it, ourselves to, to each other. But really, that's just not a healthy thing to do. Um, like everyone's different. Everyone has a different contribution. And like the fact that someone might be successful, like doesn't change anything to what you're doing. I think that there's an infinite amount of opportunities out there. Um, so like, don't don't look at at someone else to decide like whether or not you're doing a good job. Just like try to look inwards instead of looking outside and comparing yourself with others to see how they're doing. Um, and also like there's kind of the sort of famous thing about like how um, you're seeing like people's highlight reel and you're comparing that with like your. Mm-hmm your moments of that like aren't as as good like so be conscious that like the thing that people are projecting is often like they're projecting all the good things about them the good things that happen in their life and they're not showing you um the sides that aren't as positive so yeah you're comparing the best work of someone with your shitty week (laughs) it's not even fair so, all right. So, following up on that, I think another thing that we should all do, and I will like this year is something that I've been. I want to do more, um, and it 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 doesn't fix imposter syndrome, but if we all do it in a collective, maybe we can be in a better place. Which is just like you mentioned, we all share the best of us. Um, how I want to share like the failures as much as the successes. So not just to like humanize me and like <laughs> ask for like sympathies or whatever. It's just to like show a more accurate human representation of who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it does, be, and it does make us more human, but um, not only that, I think it's very useful to other people. That's why we share stuff, not just for us, but hopefully when like give value to someone else um i think it's very valuable for someone else on the outside to see your 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 failures you're like oh we know we just shipped this amazing new landing page how beautiful is it <clears throat> stripe but also <laughs> here's the you know here's a version that i really liked and i pushed hard for it and uh, something that i i was very proud of, but Look, it's terrible for accessibility and it's it makes people dizzy because any crazy animation, you know? Like here's something that it's not good and it's also something that I made here. <laughs> I also have you know, I make poop sometimes. Um we all poop. Um <laughs> show title, I guess. <laughs> oh shit. Um, shit. <laughs> wow. wow. Good job. Man. <sighs> get me out of this hole so anyway uh, there's something that i i want to do i want to like um i i want to share the failures as well as as much as a success because yeah and but you should also own your successes right like it's so easy to like when something goes right or you're doing something correctly to think like 
oh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Like, it was some other reason, or I just happened to be at the right moment at the right time, or um, like a factor of other things. Like, I, I think we all kind of make up these these reasons in our in our heads, but like, just mm-hmm. own it. Like, someone gives you a compliment and say, hey, like, I really like your work. Just say thanks. <laughs> like, that's it. Accept it. Accept it for what it is. Like, don't try to prove the person wrong, basically. Because, um, like, you, that's also, like, not respectful of the person's comment. Like, they just said that they really like a, a thing that you do. And if you're trying to, like, downplay it, then you're kind of saying that they're sort of wrong for liking it in a way. Like, that. Mm, good point. Like, you really like just accept it for for what it is and own it and be like thank you and that's like you can accept it and still recognize that you know there were a ton of factors that came into play but i was one of them <laughs> so <laughs> like you need to to take that and and own it so an- another thing for me that that's maybe a harder one um but it's Thinking about like this idea of perfection that is oh so appealing to me. <laughs> um I don't know. It's it's hard for me to like give advice here because I feel like I'm terrible at that, but it's perfection is like really hard to achieve. And I'd even go as far as to say it's impossible. It's yeah, it's not achievable. Because we're humans. Yeah. Um so there will always be a thing. There will always be something that you don't like or that isn't perfect or that could be better. Um, but I've, I've started getting better at accepting that, well, you know what? It's not really possible <laughs> um, to, to achieve that and that there is actually diminishing returns in like running around and like trying to achieve it. Where it's yeah. like, hey, if I could get something to 80, 85%, 90%, um, that's going to be good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I should take that energy, that same energy that I need to go from like 85 to 86% is going to be the energy that I need to go on something new from 0 to 80%. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, for me, it's like stop comparing myself with like this perfect ideal and just recognizing that, look, that's never going to happen. That's never going to be perfect. That's never going to be perfect. So let's just accept it the way that it is and move on and uh, just learn to be happy with what I've got. (laughs) Yeah, what's that saying? Like done is beautiful or something. I think that's it. Oh, (laughs) it's right. It's right here in my wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have this thing called, uh, it's like a inspirational quote, whatever, poster. I think it came on all screen. <laughs> which is like, done is beautiful. And it is. Like, if you can get something out the door, ship something, uh, and it's not perfect, because if you, if, if you were trying to make it perfect, you would never ship it, because it would never be perfect. Hey, paradox. <laughs> um, it's not not desiring perfection or whatever, or trying to be better, but like, knowing where is healthy to stop and chip and move on to other things Mm -hmm. like it's just where do you want to invest your energy and what are like what's the most productive use of your energy i guess yeah yeah absolutely 
Um, yeah. So, do you have any other like ideas if someone's going through this, like of something that they can do or try? Uh, know that you're not alone, and also know that that feeling is not productive in any way. Like it's not going to help in any way. Um, so just, I mean, let it pass. It, it's also, it's, I don't want to say like, oh, just, you know, just forget about it. <laughs> forget it. Be better. Uh, be good. Uh, that, that doesn't work. Like I, I get hit by, by this every once in a while and it sucks. And I, I need that time to, you know, to, it's not to grieve it, but I need to be down in order for me to get back up. So, um, but be okay with it. Don't feel don't don't be like scarred by it it's something that it's normal it will it will hit you you just have to let it hit you and then get back <laughs> up you know get back up and uh, move on and again know that everyone feels this in one way or another um even the like untouchable you know legends like Elon Musk I bet that this <laughs> is a lot because again the the higher uh, like the more you've done, the more you've have to prove for. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like I mentioned in the beginning. So, um, damn, I don't want to be Elon Musk when he gets the imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've done at work um, as kind of this activity, um, we basically got people from the UX team um, in small groups of like four, five people. Um, and everyone on the UX team knows each other really well. Um, so, and basically, we I, like we handed out post its to to everyone. And basically, what you had to do is um, you had to look at the people that were that were around you in your group, um, and then write one thing that you admire or that you like or appreciate about that person. Um, and so you do that for each person and so everyone would have like their post like i don't know four or five post-its of just seeing that the the way that people perceive them Mm. and it's just like a nice (laughs) i call it like the the nice folder (laughs) basically like (laughs) take all of these these post-its put them in a folder and keep them for when you need it when you feel bad about like what you do feel that imposter syndrome just like open this up and remind yourself that hey people like really value your input value whatever they they value in you but i know that there are going to be a ton of things in there um that are going to be positive things that you can latch on to and feel like okay i might feel terrible about this but let me listen to these people that that say uh good things about me so uh might be a tip if you want to do this with your team highly recommend it it's always like a really great fun exercise um so yeah try that that's nice that's a good tip all right i think uh, that's it is it should we even do a podcast i mean who are we <laughs> that's you a know. good question <laughs> i think uh 98 episodes in <laughs> yeah I mean, good time we asked that question <laughs> <laughs> only real professionals go over the 100 episodes you know this. Mm-hmm. who are you trying to be yeah one thing i've been like kind of letting go with any anything that's like public like this like doing the podcast or doing talks anything like that and is just being like yeah it might not be that good um and 
it's fine. Like making these things is hard and I'm just going to keep trying. And if you don't like it, that's that's no problem because I'm I don't even know if I fully like it either. <laughs> so, yeah, let's <laughs> my my thing is just like, well, I will keep doing this because doing it makes me happy and I like doing it and there are most of the time at least some people who say that they like it and so for me that's good enough to keep doing um but yeah i've kind of just stopped caring that much about what people say about it and just feel like is this a thing that makes me happy yes then i will keep doing it yeah no, that's fair enough. and if you uh... don't like it just don't listen don't read my tweets don't like you know what i mean like <laughs> that's that's yeah. your problem like i will keep putting stuff out in this corner of the internet and then if that's the stuff that interests you then you can find it if not like just go somewhere else and don't consume it and that's completely fine that's fair enough uh yeah i never had really like problems for putting your work out uh not work out as in uh exercise <laughs> work out there um but also, like, I never had a big audience as well, so it's, like, no pressure. It's fine. If, you know, no one sees it, no one likes it, it's all right. Um, okay, you know what? Just one last thing before we leave the topic. Because um, I've been, like, today was a bad day for me. It, the whole week has been a bad week. Um, and and there's some imposter syndrome, but just not really. Just sometimes just feel shitty. And that, that's why I ask you, like, if feeling bad about your work, like, not liking what you put out and stuff if that's part of imposter syndrome so i guess it all is like in the same family of feels right <laughs> is this something that you can predict because uh, for me and i think for most people it, it goes in like it's waves right you go you you go you're in a good mood you're in a high maybe you ship something maybe you get a lot of tweets it's fine and then you come down and crash and then get back up and it's like this cycle it's like ups and downs we i i never had like a I don't know, like a four month of just feeling nice, feeling good, no problem. It's like almost on a week basis. Right. So I have a good week, I have a bad week, I have a mediocre week, in a good week, and terrible week. It's like the the higher the highs, the lower the lows. Um, so is this something that maybe you can predict, and so because of that, like prepare or defend yourself against it? I don't have any insights here because I'm just realizing this uh, <laughs> as I speak. Uh, but maybe we could prepare. And if we could prepare, what is that preparation? Like, what does that preparation look like? How, I guess, how would you prepare for uh, like a wave of imposter syndrome that you know is coming? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've never yeah. even thought about that. Can you prepare for that? eat a lot of apples and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> work out at least twice a day yeah i don't know i don't know but it's it's interesting just really like i am on a bad week and i am not surprised that i'm in a bad week because i had very good two last weeks so I'm like of course i'm having a bad week <laughs> <laughs> like i should should see it coming um write uh, in you can reach <laughs> us at, uh, on the twitters we are at layout fm uh, let us know if you if you have any like Prepare for uh, imposter syndrome checklist. Things you go through to prepare yourself. Cool. I don't know.
Um, all right. Side dishes. Uh, you tweeted last week. No, you didn't because <laughs> you were out of Twitter and apparently all social media. Yep. So I, so my friend Shelly and I, uh, we decided that every week we would do a challenge. This week's challenge was being off of social media. So I deleted um, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, deleted it from my phone, my computer. Couldn't check any of it um, for an entire week. Um, so it's been kind of an interesting experience, to be honest. Because I've I've never been off social media for since I started years ago. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience. Um I did, like let's let's face it, I'm pretty active on social media. Um to the point where some people in my life like do like making fun of of me and how much I post about <laughs> stuff. Uh that's fine. Uh but I wanted to prove them wrong. Um so I decided, you know what? I can do this. So I did yeah, I just did it. Um the first few days were probably the hardest, <laughs> say, um, maybe like five minutes after I deleted the app, I just like opened my phone, <laughs> like just mindlessly, you know, um, search for the Tweetbot icon. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, it's not there. And then I'm like, okay, I just like, I don't know, browse around on my phone. Um, and then I think, hey, wait, 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 what is browsing on your phone? I don't know. You just, do? you know, like. <laughs> do you ever do this where you're just like swipe through the apps I'm like oh. oh yeah i have these apps no. i have like a million apps on my phone so because I, I just like i didn't know what i was supposed to do it's like all of a sudden <laughs> this thing is completely useless like there's nothing when, here that i can do to spend my time on is it like when you're going one way in a street and you realize you're going the wrong way but you don't want to look stupid yes. just turning. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like that. <laughs> so you're just like phone. pretending like, oh, yes, um, I wish so to read yeah. this. So then I finally made my way back to the home screen and I think, huh, that's like, I should probably tweet about my my new home screen without the, the social media I got. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so it took a little while to like get used to it. Um, but after a while, I just kind of stopped needing it and what i realized was the feeds are what's the worst thing about social media feeds are the enemy of creativity um for me like they sounds like a kanye west tweet <laughs> made me feel anxious <laughs> basically all the time like opening opening twitter would be the first thing i would do in the morning it was just like this whole thing and and for me like it just made me less creative because for anything that would happen, there would always be like a thousand people with opinions about the thing that just happened. Um, and so why, why make my own opinion when I could just read somebody else? Right. So I just, I, one thing that I realized is I don't want to be consuming a lot of that content. Like I just feel I mean, it's fine that it's there and I'm happy for all the people that are tweeting and Instagramming and all that stuff. But I kind of realized that for me, the like signal, signal to noise ratio was way off. Um, 
that I need to like really tone down uh, how many people I follow. Um, with the posting, I personally really enjoy that and I plan on continuing to do it. Um, I want to tweet as much, if not more. Um, this is something I really enjoy. I also really enjoy the one-on-one interactions with people. So when people like respond to my tweets and stuff like that, that's the part of Twitter I enjoy. The part where I just like sit there for an hour and like just like scroll at like an incredible speed to go through as many tweets as possible and like hit the refresh when I uh, get to the top. That's the part that I don't want as much. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I'd say I felt more zen, more calm. I felt more more happy to be in the present. <laughs> um, it was just like, yeah, there was, there's, there's just something of like, yeah, I'm not doing anything right now. And that's fine. Um, I kind of got back into, uh, like, I was, was bored <laughs> for the first time in forever. <laughs> um, that was actually kind of cool. Because um, you know what? I had all these ideas of things that I wanted to do. Um, and like I said, I opened, like, the, the news app um on my phone at one point where i felt like okay like how do people get their news um and that's where i saw an article i'll put a link in the show notes um i forget the name the the title of, of the article but it was from uh you know like that guy from the verge who quit the internet for a year yeah Paul um, Miller, I wanna say. yeah so he had an article on um advice for quitting facebook uh from someone who quit the internet for a year uh, which is like really a really good article, um, so I recommend you read it. But um, for for me, it was just like a lot of we had like a lot of similar thoughts. I don't don't want to repeat all of it, um, but just like it's like this idea of like let's, let's just be okay with boredom. Like that's fine. That's a normal part of life. And the moments when you're bored. There are moments where you can think about what you really want to be doing long term, like stuff that is truly going to make you happy rather than filling up that time with stuff that's going to make you like kind of 10% happy. Um, And I found that to be really true for me. Um, What else? Uh, Oh, what? Because it's like being alone, being alone with your thoughts is very underrated. Um, you know the cliche, like you have your best ideas, like in the shower or whatever, yeah. or like, because guess what? When you're in the shower and when you're like uh, falling asleep, that's one of the few moments in the day in where you are completely alone with your thoughts. That's super valuable. Uh, and sometimes even in the shower, I have podcasts and stuff. <laughs> like I never have. My brain is always consuming something. Right? I'm gonna do the dishes. Google Home, read me the news, or gonna do whatever podcast. I'm walking podcast or something. Yeah, like there's always something. Uh, music is the only thing that is like I can be like thinking and be alone with myself while listening to the music. Sometimes, uh, not always, but sometimes. But even then, like music. Guess what? Music. I listen to music when I'm working, <laughs> so it's like on the background. Yeah, I remember. When I was way more into music than I am now, unfortunately, um, like when I, I used to play music and, and music was a big part of my life, 
I used to listen to albums from you know, from start to finish, and that's that's what I did. I sit down in the dark, put a pair of headphones, and I listen to an album from start to finish, and that was an amazing experience that I never never did again. Like after that, um, music is something that goes in the background, for example. So anyway, all this to say that it is very underrated, um, and and I kind of wish that I. I was going to say that I could do more often, be alone with myself, just mm-hmm. like you did. Um, but that's silly because I can. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a question. Like, if it's all this great, like, what are the downsides? Like, what's the con? Why are... So I'm not done with are... the pros, though. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so one thing that I realized was... Um, new like important news or things that i might be interested about like news just finds a way to get to you you don't you don't have to seek it out um Mm -hmm. so for example like um you know the zuckerberg was testifying in front of congress Mm -hmm. um someone at work (laughs) just just told me it was like hey have you have you seen that like zuckerberg is gonna testify i was like no i haven't tell me more (laughs) And that was nice, right? Like, because I find that so many of my interactions with people are like, hey, have you heard of this thing? I'm like, yep, I have. It's like, okay, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) When, like, now I was just like, no, I don't know about this thing. Like, I, like, tell me more. And I have lots of questions because I hadn't read it already. Um, So that was interesting. Um, At first, I didn't tell anyone. Like, I didn't want to tell people like on Twitter or anything like that, that I was taking a break because I wanted to see if people would realize and or with care. Uh, spoiler alert, they don't. Um, <laughs> but um, I told some some people in real life uh, that I was. And that was also actually really nice. Um, like Every time like someone, someone was like, hey, there's this like really cool Instagram account you should follow. And I'm like, hi, well, I can't really follow it because I'm off of Instagram this week. And they're like, what? Um, and it would be like a really awesome like conversation starter where it seemed like everyone had like opinions on that and everyone was super curious on how I was doing and stuff like that. Um, that was just fun. Um, yeah, so some of the negatives, I'd say I did miss some of the, my what I consider like my internet friends of just like there's there's a few people that I I feel like I the way that I primarily interact with them or stay in touch with them is through stuff like social media. Mm-hmm. Um so that was like a little bit harder to just not know what they were doing and just kind of being off on my own. Um like obvious obvious downside is um not being able to tweet. <laughs> I I actually started <laughs> a text file on my phone with like tweets yeah, i should yeah i should draft a bunch of tweets and then like monday the next week when you're allowed like doom, 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 yeah. you just tweeted 20 yeah, i should have done that um no but it also made me realize how some tweets i'm just like mm, i don't know a couple of days later don't need to tweet that that's fine like that's yeah. fine uh Count but some to 10 but before you tweet right but but some stuff is like <laughs> Yeah, this is, I think this is an interesting thought. Or um, at one point I had some sort of question that I wanted to ask um, the people of Twitter. I was like, well, couldn't do that. 
Um, so that's a downside. Um, it's also, I don't know if this is too inside baseball, but like <laughs> I, I, for example, couldn't tweet about the new episode being out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like, it sounds silly, but that's one of the ways that people hear about the show being out. Um, so uh, like in a weird way, tweeting is sort of part of my job. I don't, I don't necessarily sure. consider this as a job, but um, you know what I mean? Like it, it's like a requirement for this project that we're doing. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the downsides of being off of social media. Um, so I'm back <laughs> basically. Um, I have no desire and like the plan with this week challenge was not to quit social media forever. Right. Like that's, that wasn't the plan. Um, but, um, I was surprised that it really changed my thinking on social media. Like I didn't think it would, I think I would do this for a week and then everything would go back to normal. And I'd be like, see everyone like, I, I could do it. <laughs> like I knew I could. Um, but it's actually changed a few things for me. So um, I realized that I want to be spending a bit less time consuming stuff. Um, and I want my experiences, like whenever I go to Twitter or Instagram, to be, I don't know if mindful is the right way, but like intentional is probably the best way to describe it. And I I want to remove like, the i don't know 10 times a day i just pick up my phone for no reason and don't even think about it and like find myself on twitter like those are the moments that just aren't productive that aren't a good use of time or energy or anything like that um so what i'm doing is massively reducing the amount of people i follow um i'm like progressively doing it on twitter uh, but it's taking a long time to kind of review people. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm going in and like really looking at, okay, does this person's tweet uh, add something to my life? Like, do I, do they make me like genuinely happy or do I find them genuinely interesting? Um, when I don't know, I'll look at their tweets for the day and then make a judge- snap judgment right there. <laughs> like, Nope, haven't tweeted anything interesting on like the first screen of your profile. You're gone. (laughs) Um, And that's something that it allowed me to do because I had FOMO for the longest time of like, oh my God, what if I unfollow this person and they tweet something amazing? And having gone without it for a week, I'm kind of like, well, I went without without for a week and it was fine. And I don't particularly care what happened so let me just find like the core set of people that i really do care that i want to know their thoughts and the rest can just happen and if something important happens then i'll trust that i'll know about it so yeah i think that's it um for my weekly challenge uh i honestly really encourage people if this is something that they want to try do it like i trust me you're going to learn a lot about yourself about your habits, about how you think about things. Um, it's, I on it, yeah, like I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, doing challenges like this for one week is super manageable. I love kind of this aspect of it uh, because it feels like I can do anything for a week. Like a week is just short enough that I can just 
pick up and try new habits um, and really stay motivated throughout the 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 exercise um so yeah i'm like definitely continuing the challenges this week's challenge is 30 minutes of meditation for the entire week uh so i've done two days so far uh so far so good um been interesting as well kind of a different type of challenge um but it's been super fun so yeah if you have also if you have any ideas of challenges that i should be doing uh let me know i would i'd love to get your thoughts on that um and add them to the list should have a shelly on the show to tell us about her experience yeah we should um maybe yeah i didn't think about it but we did a live in french um on instagram <laughs> so you can watch that if you uh if you want to see her side and speak french <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Recommendations. recommendations. Choo -choo -choo. I think I should start because I have a feeling that your recommendation is going to stir some commentary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We are running a bit long, though. So. Speaking of running, uh, my uh, recommendation <laughs> is called uh, Zones, and it is an app. Now, Zones apparently like won the best of 2016 like app store, whatever feature, whatever. But I never heard of this app. So um Me either. Right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> Zones is this um I'm gonna say like a like a, a dashboard for all of your workouts activity on iOS. Um so it, it pulls data from HealthKit. So if you use like Strava, whatever, like a running app, and then you use like maybe the Apple Watch for workouts, whatever you use. If it's on HealthKit, like this can be used as a dashboard. Um, and it's just like, I love the design. It's like pretty like modern, but different. Um, kind of like last week I mentioned the concepts one for iPad. Uh, it's like, it's very native design, but it's original in a way. So I just love the UI. Uh, and it is like a good way to view all of your workouts uh, and it gets the name from like you know how right now health kit and like the activity app it just measures like calories and minutes of exercise well zones will show you your workout um uh separated by like um effort zones so for example uh, i've been running in out of my 30 minute run i ran um 10 minutes in like a warm-up um phase zone and then like 10 minutes at peak zone and all that is is calculated from your heart rate um so it's like just a better way to view your workout data um it also comes with an apple watch app so if you want to if instead of using the the native workouts app, you can use the Zones app on your Zones app. That's a mouthful. You can use the Zones Apple Watch app um, instead, and it will show you like your heart rate. And it's very focused on your heart rate and your effort level instead of just time and calories, I guess. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out. The app is free uh you can do pretty much everything for free unless you want to create custom zones i believe and then that's um the single uh in apertures to unlock everything i think um so yeah check it out really cool 
I, I use the, the Nike Plus Run Club app for all my runs, but this is still pretty cool because it also has like stats. So you can see like, oh, this week you ran this and compared to your best week, which was this. And you can see like trends for like all of your runs sorted by, you know, best distance or whatever. You know, it's just a just a cool way to to read uh, your health kit data, I guess. Uh, so my recommendation is Ready Player One, not the movie, but the book. Um, so I, well, what was it last, not this weekend, weekend before, um, I, well, me and a couple of friends, we decided we were going to go watch Ready Player One, the movie. Um, and I was like, I have what, three, four days. Let me see if I can read the book before <laughs> seeing the movie. Um, so I, what I actually did was get the audiobook, which was 15 hours. Uh, but I did this crazy marathon for four <laughs> days and I managed to get through the entire book. Uh, you should have done that in the week in where you didn't have social media. That was uh, just first few days. Okay. So it was like Monday, Tuesday. Um, okay. but then the weekend I was allowed social media. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I found the book was really good. Um, it like had a lot of like details of like just how life in this world is this this future. Um, oh, and I guess I should explain what Ready Player One is uh, for people who might not know. So it's basically this uh, world where um, there's a creator who created this um sort of uh a vr type experience like this simulation one could say uh called the oasis um and so people from everywhere they put on their headsets they have like um this sort of treadmill that goes in any direction um and then they can just live in this virtual world um and then there's a bunch of stuff that happened there. And then the premise of the, of the movie is that the creator of the um, simulation died. Um, and But he left behind uh, three Easter... Or, I don't know. Technically three. three yeah, keys, three keys. But Easter, right? they're Easter eggs in the game um, or the simulation. And uh, for the person who finds all these keys um gets to like inherit his fortune something like that um so yeah uh the book is really good it's a pretty easy read um it's kind of like a first person like narration through the thing um so yeah i thought that was really good so i i listened to the book uh and then i watched the movie the movies i'd say it's fine um it's like knowing the story in the book, they managed to get most of the important points there. Uh, even though like some of them were really shortened to the point where I feel like if you don't know about it, it's like you're like all those details are going to like fly right past you because you're not going to recognize them if you don't, if you're not looking for it. Um, but then where <laughs> I think the movie uh, falls really short is all of the all of the challenges they're all different uh and some of them are like not that great so for example well 
Wait, how much don't did I spoil, spoil it? Yeah, I shouldn't spoil it. Anyways, no, don't, don't, uh, go read the book. The go end. read the book. It's good. Um, and then I still recommend going to watch the movie after you've you've read the book because um, it's kind of an interesting game of what did they do differently and how did that impact the movie? Like, I think it's just a, a fun thing to do. I loved it, like mm-hmm. talking about that stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about that. Ready Player One. Cool. All right. Let, let me let me uh, just. Uh... I mean, just do the outro and then we'll do some uh, quick. We'll ring the uh, spoiler horn on this. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, that's it for the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can continue the discussion uh, over at spectrum.chat. That's the thing that our buddies are building. Uh, we have a layout post there for this episode. So if you want to like give us your recommendations or your thoughts on uh, the movie or the book or imposter syndrome or whatever, if you want to be a part of it, um, uh, you can do so over there uh, or you can also tweet at us we are at layoutfm uh, I am at rafahari and Kevin is at vernalkick he's still there he didn't delete his uh, twitter account yet and uh, also shout outs shout outs to Ricardo Magalhães Samuel Chang Victor Kearns and Miguel Mendes Miguel for the dribble mention <laughs> that was a good dribble post and uh, thanks for the layout it's not a shout out because he didn't shout it you showed it so show out Thanks, man. <laughs> um, you can find the show notes, uh, links for you know everything we mentioned, uh, our recommendations uh, at layout.fm, layout.fm. That's our website. You can also buy stickers over there. Uh, you- we have a sticker purchase. Oh, we do. Yes. Who bought stickers? Shout out to Rod Blackney for <laughs> buying some stickers. Thank you. We don't have the golden uh, sticker yet. The shower dingo's golden sticker. <laughs> yet but maybe someday (laughs) oh now i really have to do it um all right so lastly this episode is sponsored by filament creative uh once again you can go to spec.fm slash uxdmc um and use the promo code spec15 at checkout for um 15 off your um your masterclass course and uh, also this show is part of spec.fm network so if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, you can do so by visiting spec.fm. All right. Boom. I'll see you in the episode now. <laughs> all right um go on go on oh, that's it that's that's good uh so i'm gonna sp- i'm gonna sound um fire off the the spoiler, spoiler horn, horn. Snail. you know what i don't want to su- search for the sound bit so i'll do it myself all right <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> oh man i'm cheaping out on the sound effects me we have a uh, handcrafted sound effects here from layout <laughs> okay <laughs> so i just wanna i saw that you were gonna th- that ready player one was your recommendation and i i managed to watch the the movie um this past weekend and um so just you know context i haven't read the book 
or listen to the book <laughs> fancy pants <laughs> um so i judged this movie not only for the movie parts of it but also like the story the plot mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. all of it um and i am i didn't like it i think <laughs> i think it was so lazy like all right i like the setup i like the you know like sci-fi i like the world building um i think it was cool interesting nothing like groundbreaking but it was it's fun i mean it's right in my alley right in video games sci-fi tech it's it's the thing written for me um but the story is like a hero underdog beats the big rich powerful organization uh gets the girl and at the end he wins and the whole crowd cheers and claps as the camera pans out <laughs> and like ugh, like no it's, it's not a human it, it 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 looked like a movie that was written mm. in the 90s and <laughs> to be honest i thought like i was convinced just by what i saw i was convinced that the book was written in like 90s early 2000s turns out it wasn't it was written in 2011 so it's it's you know modern enough to that I can't justify it. Like, I can't give it the, uh, oh, it's, you know, it's a 90s thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, no, I didn't like it. was just it's <laughs> so cliche. And, and all the video game thing is like, it's like fan service all over the place. Like, huh? Huh? Donkey Kong? You know, huh? You know, Godzilla. Huh? Huh? Isn't that cool? And then Mecha Godzilla fights the whatever. So, <laughs> I appreciate that I could see some of that thing visually and i mean visually it was stunning you know it was really well mm-hmm. done so it was entertaining but it was a bad movie it was like a lazy movie that's that's my yeah i think well so i think the book kind of rectifies a lot of the things you don't like about this um that's good to know so um the one one thing that was in the book as well was all the retro references uh, mm-hmm. but the idea is that the creator um he's a child of like the 80s um mm-hmm. or like was like grew up around that time and so he put in all these references into the simulation because he's just like a huge fan um of like that kind of media and it's basically like what they're trying to say is like take the hipster culture that you even see today like take it to its extreme um about like this phase and uh but like everything about the challenges are completely different in the book um so like the first one is the worst one um in the movie where it's like just a race basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) just start and it's like oh yeah like there's the first key nobody's ever got it uh, but it's i guess it's just this race that you can do anytime you want (laughs) and it's so dumb in the movie where in the book um it's there's like a one sentence riddle and i forget what it is but um that's been known by people for years but nobody found what it meant or where to go find that key. They have no idea. Mm. Thousands of people have tried. And to the point where some people are starting to think, ah, that's not even, that's not even a thing. Like, that guy would just said that to make himself sound more interesting. 
Um, and then our like main protagonist, he actually discovers. So it's like rather than being like this, just like purely action thing, it's like there's a lot of clues and puzzles and like things he have has to think about and put together in order to know even which planet to go on to be able to like solve this this challenge. So I'd say like all the challenges are a lot more fleshed out and there's an actual reason for like why this guy specifically found it. Um rather than this one which is just like hey I guess everyone's just like trying the race and most of them are failing at it I guess. I don't know. Um well well the thing was that he managed to 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 get the first key because he went on like the records and he saw that uh, I forgot the name but the the creator yeah. said something like oh you have to go backwards if i could go backwards i would and i wouldn't look back whatever whatever yeah. that gave him the clue that oh i have to go backwards so i mean it's not that anyone could just win the race because you couldn't i mean that's that's the thing you couldn't get past yeah but King it's, Kong it's the, i don't know it's just dumb like because in right. in the book it's people don't even know like where to go or if right, right, it right. exists even it's like you will find the key somewhere and then it's like well i don't know like, like nobody can know, even know where to go um and right. This guy, like the our main character, like is has actually like done an incredible amount of research. I just like talks about like how many times he's seen like each movie and stuff like that. Um, so, anyways, that's the first thing. Like all the different race, uh, the different challenges are just like terrible in the movie. They're great in real life. Um, also, another thing with the first challenge, <laughs> or in the book, I guess um, <laughs> the. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, Artemis. Artemis is actually there on at the place where you have to do the challenge for the first key before he did. Because um, she's smarter. Uh, and so she's there already, but she hasn't managed to solve like the challenge. There's like a video game related challenge in the book. Um, and so he solves it first, then gives her like a... Uh, a hint on how to solve the challenge and that's why she does she gets it like right after uh rather than just like oh she happened to have seen him <laughs> like that's kind of easy mm -hmm. um but anyways i won't like break everything down like one by one but it's like so much more in depth in the book um another thing that i that i found was the world building was a lot better in the book which is I mean, you know, un unsurprising, but um, they have this whole thing where they talk about schools and how um, schools in the w real world are kind of shitty and they're like they lack funding and stuff like that. So they started opening up schools in the Oasis. Um, and that's like, well, that's smart. yeah. Um, and because schools are in the simulation, all these schools are amazing, right? Because it doesn't cost anything to do a school. Right. uh there so you have like all these cra like crazy experiences um but then our like the character goes from one school to another and he's like but wait a minute why is everything the same as i like, oh because they just reuse the code <laughs> and like there's a lot of like things like this where it, just like interesting observations on like how 
a world like this might work um that i that i found personally interesting um like artemis's character um h's character like there's so much more well thought out in in the the book also the big sort of bad guy in the movie is like kind of portrayed as like a dummy <laughs> like the guy that has his password on his chair you know mm-hmm. but in the book he's actually like a really smart guy like the reason they hired him is because he's a super talented person in the simulation um and the reason why he takes a meeting with him is because he's actually like kind of excited to meet him because he's sort of famous um in the oasis where in in the movie it's kind of like who's this, this dumbass like he's just stupid um so anyways the, Wait, the whole thing are you talking about the you mentioned the password on a chair you're talking about like the ceo yeah of, the of ioi so he was not the like the assistant that brought coffee to the creator in the book nope hmm. interesting um the whole like um thing with the coin that also well that was the coin was there but that's not in the same context at all um the at some point in the movie um geez what's this, the name of the main character i'm playing out wade Watts. oh yeah wade um Parzival. yeah so yeah so uh at one point like wade uh gets sort of kind of rescued by artemis right in the real world remember that uh right yeah, so yeah. that never happened in the book. In the book, um, they're all um, under sort of attack or like risk that they're going to get killed by IOI. And what happens is the co-founder of the, the Oasis like gets planes for all of them because um, Shoto and, and Daito are like in China or something like that. So like they're not all in the same place. They're all in different places. And... So there's so many things and the ending I feel like for this movie is just like the ending that never ends. It's just like insane how long this ending is and just like get to the point already. In the the book, like the whole story is 15 hours, right? The ending like is maybe 30 minutes at most. <laughs> Whereas in the movie the ending is just like so long compared to to the rest uh, it's really crazy so book a lot tighter a lot more details where it counts stories are better characters are better um so yeah okay well good to know um i to be <laughs> honest i don't like i am i'm happy that the book is better because i mean i've i've heard good things about this book even before there was a movie you know announced mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I will read it or listen to it after. Yeah, I don't think I would, like, if I've seen the movie right. before. That's why I tried to read the book first. Yeah, well, that, was, that was smart of you. Anyway, all right. Well, it is what it is. Thanks for, uh, for letting me know all the deets. 